I'm Drew, and this is my garage. All right, three, two, one. David, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely, man. All right, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you're the uh, interviewer. <laughs> I'm the interviewee. So, <laughs> all right, let's talk about you getting in the industry. Okay. Um, so I got in the industry about five years ago. Okay. I was originally in the print industry right out of college. Okay. Printing which, stuff. Yep. Everybody's already falling asleep. Okay. Um, and I was a production manager running the production floor, manufacturing, that kind of thing. Um, and I woke up one day, I think I was 23, 24 years old and just not wanting to go to work okay. already. And I that's remember- a, That's a sign, right? Exactly. I remember waking up specifically one morning and thinking, I am way too young to be feeling this way. <laughs> this is like gold watch, you yeah, know, a couple like, more years like, before retirement. Okay, I've already declared I'm going to retire and I don't want to go in anymore. That's like that's the only time I should be feeling that way, but right. now I was 24. And uh, I was like, something's got to change. So I quit my job. I went to uh, Europe for five weeks. And okay. then, uh, and you had no job or anything? No job. Okay. Mm-mm. Just left. And I, okay. I figured, when else am I going to have the chance to go to Europe for five weeks? Um, so went and did that. Italy, Spain, France, uh, Favorite country? Jeez. Oh, um, each of them was am- like Italy. No, over- no. Italy, first, over- first Italy overall. Yeah, okay. Um, Florence is amazing. Huh, okay. Yeah. For what? Uh, Why? Sightseeing. I mean, the food all over Italy is incredible. Florence is just a really cool, vibrant city. A lot going right. on. Obviously, a lot of history. And Messer uh, is Italian, right? Messer is German. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, we'll skip over that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, came back, got my real estate license. Um, <clears throat> my dad has been in real estate for about 30 years. Um, okay. Honestly, real estate was something I thought that I would never do. Okay, because Never. because you saw dad doing it, you're like, that's that's my dad, that's not me. Yeah, and I did. I mean, I always loved houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were interesting, but I had never done sales, and I I okay. had that perception of a salesman as somebody who's really sleazy, kind of low, and right, right, okay. like tricks people into buying things, and that's how they make their gotcha. money. Gotcha. <clears throat> leisure, leisure shoot. I cannot talk. Leisure suit and kind of like, hey, what do I got to do? get you in the car today yeah kind of thing. exactly gotcha. yeah exactly so um but you know i i jumped into it and um first year is tough you know first six months closed two deals which isn't a lot okay first full year closed three big hey. whopping three yeah okay um but then the year after that i closed 17 that's a big difference and that's when things really really started taking off okay and did you make a little been, bit more money than uh your print job? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit more. And, um, was that the something. year that we met? Um, it may have been. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember in my little very dark office, Yeah, we met. And, yours, were, and we met because my buddy was trying to buy um, like a, a mobile house, home or something. A right? mobile home, yep. yeah. Um, and the listing agent... Didn't want to work with the lender that they were previously working with. So she's like, hey, you got to talk to the guys at O2. Right. So I reached out to Dave. Dave wasn't there. You're the one that responded. And bang, here we are. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Dave who? (laughs) (laughs) 
great name. <laughs> it took me two years to meet him. Um, all right. So you got in the industry. You kind of got your footing. Mm-hmm. First year, two deals. You said the first 12 months, three deals. Mm-hmm. And then the second 12 months, 24 months that yeah. you were there, you closed another 17 deals. Correct. That's huge. Most yeah, people don't do that. a massive jump. Yeah. So what, what's the difference there? What, what happened? Um, the biggest thing for me, I think, was um, confidence okay. and uh, follow-up. What, okay, so what changed, though? Like, Why were you more confident? Because you closed three deals? Mm, that was part of it. Like Getting that first one, two deals, I okay. remember feeling like walking a little taller and you <laughs> okay. know, feeling yeah. pretty good. Um, but it was just a matter of being around it more, doing it more, learning the lingo a little bit more, being more confident in the process, um, to the point where I felt like I could talk you know, knowledgeably about <laughs> it. And people started picking up on that, obviously, and it, you know, it led to 17 deals. And then the follow-up aspect of it, before I was, I was scared to sure. follow up with people. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. And I just kind of, once I got things figured out, that all went out the window. <laughs> and uh, Do you think that your age had anything to do with your kind of hesitance to be confident? Internally, yes. Yeah. It'd be a lie to say no. Um, absolutely. I mean, I'm 29 and I look like I'm 24. <laughs> you know, and that's just, that's always been it. It's right. like, as soon as you walk in to buy some beer, it's like, I did. Right. And you show it to like, is this you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I think internally age was definitely a thing. Okay. Um, externally, I don't know. But once I once I kind of open my mouth and start talking, and people are like this guy actually kind of knows what he's talking about. Okay. Right. And then you show enough value, you know, and people are like, okay, yeah, let's let's do it, let's work together. Right. Yeah. And you're not that used car salesman. No. Right. No, not at all. I despise that that image. <laughs> Most of us do, and yeah. I think. You know, a lot of people who haven't gotten into sales before, um, they're like, man, I would really like to do this and this and this. And when you put it all together, you're like, that's sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I like people. Totally. I like helping people. Yeah. Bro, that's sales. And that's sales. And yeah. that's like, that's that total misconception of sales is sleazy. No, like a good salesperson helps you discover what the issue is and how you can best solve it. Right. Now, do you think sales is... Closing the deal when maybe it's kind of, you know, you're forcing it. You think like if like a good salesman, you can close a deal no matter what. You can sell snow to an Eskimo, right? That's probably a, a not PC thing to say anymore, but that's a thing that goes around the water cooler when we're it, talking about good salespeople today. It is. Um, and I've thought about actually that specific okay. saying a lot, All right. right? Like you can sell sell snow to an Eskimo or ice to an Eskimo, whatever it is. And I, I don't know. Because Eskimos don't need <clears throat> snow. They got it. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> I think that kind of goes like and it's free. hand in hand with just having like a, was a silver tongue or something like that. Or, yep. you know, <clears throat> just kind of talking in a certain way where people are just enamored and they just do whatever you say. And, um, that's not necessarily what I set out to do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you're not selling snow to an Eskimo. No. What are you selling? Selling houses to people. <laughs> <laughs> houses to Eskimos. Yeah, houses to Eskimos. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, for me, I, I look at it as not everybody needs to buy a house. Right. right? Not everybody needs to 
get into debt and needs a mortgage. But for those that do, we have some kind of value to add. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you're 29 now. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're 29, right? Yeah. And you're competing against people who are 60, 70, been yeah. in the business 30 years, your dad, right? Yeah. You're competing against people like that, right? Yeah. Um, why you? That's a really good question. So a lot of the people that have been in the business 20, 30, 40 years, I mean, you mm-hmm. see some of these license numbers, you're like, good God, you started real estate. <laughs> <laughs> zero, uh, zero, 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 one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to bow down. Thank you. No. Um, a lot of those people, they've been doing it for so long, they don't have any hustle left. <laughs> you know, it, everything just kind of comes in and... Resting and, on their laurels, yeah, kind of just mailing and, it in every yeah, year. Yeah, that's how okay. they do it. And you know, I think the way I was able to build my business is just going out and get it, you know, going and if somebody's looking for a specific type of house, going and find it, not just on the open market, but hey, knocking on doors. Right. You know, making phone calls, talking to different people in the office. What do you got coming up? Right. And it's sometimes those creative solutions that just like make you 10x better than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and you got it. I mean, you know, it's for me, those are my most proud sales, right? Like, mm-hmm. I made something happen that wasn't, like, almost nobody else knew about. Right, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, that sets you apart in such a drastic way. Yeah. And, no, I mean, it's like, could anybody else do that? Because I was, I knew this person, mm-hmm. I was thinking this kind of way, right. and boom, I made yeah, it. Yeah, and you work really hard to, to build up a network, and it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. being involved, and a big part of it is getting to know other realtors. Right. Also. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> I mean, who has, who has the inventory? Right. Realtors. Right. Most of the time. Right. You know? So what, what kind of advice would you give, let's say, to yourself? You're getting, you're getting into the industry. You've sold nothing so far. Yeah. Right? Maybe you have your license. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? That's a really good question. Um, if I were brand new, just starting, it would be just get in front of people. Okay. Even if you don't necessarily have it nailed down of what you're going to say okay. or what you're going to talk about, gotcha. get like, in front of people. Don't overthink it. Yeah. And I'm super guilty of that. Like I just am. be authentic, get in front of somebody, Yeah. say hello, and, be human. And Yeah, exactly. And try to discover what, what their unique issue is and, and try to offer a solution. You know, but I, I think mean, that's a, a key part though, because there's a lot of people who maybe are even very friendly, but all they have are friends and they don't have any closed deals mm-hmm. because they're not trying to solve anything. Yeah, well, and you got to take action. Right. It's nice to talk about everything that's maybe somebody needs, but if you don't take any action on it... Right. Or talk about the sports game or yeah. the weather outside. Yeah, you're building and, a rapport. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Rapport's right? great, yeah. But at a certain point, you're a professional and you got to... And they're looking for a house or looking to sell a house and you got to go to work. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you would say get in front of people. Yeah, that's the like, biggest thing. Like, and if you could do one thing, get in front of people. Get in front of people. Okay. Door knock, open houses, cold calls. Okay. Whatever it is, just to have real estate conversations. And do you believe in the old school door knocking, cold calls, um, going out and networking and the mixers and all of that? It works. Yeah, and there's a reason that people still do it. 
Okay. You know, I mean, I think the first open house was what, like early 1900s, like 1916 or 1917. No way. And we're a hundred years later. Okay. We're still doing. We're still doing open houses. So open. Do they have cookies though? I mean, that's like pretty, (laughs) pretty cutting edge. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. So all this stuff works, and there's a reason why people are still doing it. Right, but you got to find something that works for you. Some people are better over the phone. Some people are better in person. Right. You know, you just find what you're more comfortable with and what works for you, and go after that. So you would you say like if you once you find something, then like just be narrow and just do that one thing, or would you say still cast a wide net? So I think I think it's important to go um, inch wide, mile deep before you inch. go. Inch wide, mile mile deep. deep. Okay, so go deep. Yeah, go deep on something before you go on to the next thing. Master one thing, get really good at it before Mm -hmm. you go on to the next thing. Be the guy in whatever it is, and then move on. Yeah, and the biggest mistake, and I was totally guilty of this when I started, the biggest mistake I see people make is they try to do too many things at once, (laughs) and then you end up getting nothing done. Okay. When if you just focus on one thing, hey, I'm going to get really good at open houses. Right. I'm going to get really good at calling expires. I'm going to get really good at door knocking. Right. And then once you've mastered that and it's become a habit and it's just natural, then you move on to the next thing. You start adding more pillars and doing more things. That's awesome. Have you followed uh, Ernest Ernest Hemingway at all? I've read a book in high school, so required (laughs) to. There you go. (laughs) So he was really good at, I mean, I I actually really like him. He's an American, he's a man's man, but he also is like this kind of writer, which is kind of, you know, more artistic. Uh, I know he died in Idaho and was born and raised in Chicago. Oh. You might be thinking about Steinbeck. Oh, that's what yeah. I'm thinking about. Yep. Um, but so he was like an amazing writer, but he also was a hunter. He also could drink and dance and yeah. like all these other things that he was really good at. Yeah. And he just focused on that writing as like the number one, like mile deep thing. Mm-hmm. And so then he started kind of broadening his, his thing, but he, Writing was what kind of he was able to ride that wave right. throughout life. Yeah, um, and I've always thought about that. Like, okay, I, I like the, the the broadness of life. Like, I love cooking and I love yeah. you know art and I love all these different things. I, I want to build a house one day. Right, but I don't get paid to do any of those things. Well, those are labors <laughs> of love. Yeah. yeah. So you got to like get really good at one thing. Mm-hmm. Do that mile deep kind of thing, and especially like even kind of zeroing in a little bit in your own business. Right, mm-hmm. you got to get really good at one thing, mile deep, and then and then maybe if you've got that on just point and it's just a system, it's a machine. Yeah. Then maybe move on to the next. That's thing. when you move on. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so two deals first year, which by the way is amazing. By the way, is I it? mean that, it sounds crazy. <laughs> it sounds like that's nothing, but that's really good. Uh, yeah. Two deals first year. Uh-huh. Another deal by the. Well, two no. de- two deals for the first calendar so, year. Yeah, so I got my license June or July. And okay, then so six by months. By December, I had closed two deals. That's brilliant. I yeah. guess. Yeah. And then by twelve months, you'd close one more, which probably no. From January to December, I only closed three. January oh of the following year. Yeah, I only closed. So three. two, and then I three more. So hard. Five. I struggled hard, but I five had... in eighteen months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but okay. I mean, it's like. That's we're in Silicon Valley. That's you feel like, like you've you got don't it. live on that. There's no way. Gotcha. You know, I was down to 800 bucks in my bank account and had credit no card way. debt and living at home with my parents. And 
Okay. And oh, yeah. trying to hustle, you know, <laughs> hey, spend a million five on this house. Yeah. And had student loans and all this stuff, man. It gotcha. was it was brutal. Huh. And that's where I think things kind of like hit. It was like, oh, can I swear? No, not at all. Oh, snap. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, you can fucking swear. <laughs> you can fucking swear. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that oh shit moment of like, I need to do this or I got to figure out something else to do. I got to figure out another way to make money. Hmm. And that's right. So, do you have like that night where you're just like up at night and you're going, I don't know how I'm going to make it? Yeah. And I, it what am like, I doing? I this woke, is a mistake. It was like I woke up and I sleep hard. Okay. Asked ask my fiance, That's like, good. <laughs> as soon as my head hits the pillow, bang, I'm out. All right. But it I was like something it. where I was like, yeah, man, it was it was keeping me up. And it was every, all I was thinking about during the day is like, I got to make this work. <laughs> Do you think that was a motivation? Do you think that like helped you propel to the it next was. level? Or? It was. And they, they some coaches in the industry talking about having healthy stress. Okay. Right, and I don't know how healthy having eight hundred bucks in your bank account with a bunch of debt is, but right. it was certainly a motivator. Right, absolutely. Um, and another, I mean, what's that tank of gas showing people around for a week is yeah. like a hundred and something bucks with a I big mean, ass car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had, a, I had a shitty two thousand one Honda Civic. You there know, you go. Tie with some right. scratches in the side. <laughs> I would park it blocks away and then walk to the house. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to show up. They're like, oh my god, this. Like, man, you're sweating. You you good? Yeah. yeah I, I you know what? I couldn't find any parking. Like, it's an open parking lot here. Right. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So embarrassed about the car. You Absolutely. park. <laughs> you drive. You walk two blocks. Yeah. Um, you've got eight hundred dollars in your bank account. Yeah. You obviously you don't have rent. Thank God for mom and dad. I was paying rent. Oh goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah. Well, not no. Thank you then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was low rent. Okay. For sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. But they're subsidized. Out, yeah. But yeah. Okay. So you were paying rent. Paying rent. Um. I mean, was there like a like a aha moment a click or was it just like just hard work put your head down and it was a, i don't out. have a choice anymore really and i gotta go out and get it okay yeah I, you know what we're friends and yeah. i've never heard this story i love I know, it that's the cool <laughs> thing about this but yeah it was something where you know it's kind of like sometimes when your back is against the wall mm-hmm. you're like you know what i'm sick of this Right. And I'm just gonna go out and make it happen. I'm I'm sick of the excuses. I'm sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of thinking this way, or thinking this about myself. Like I am done. Hmm. And you just go out and and make it happen. I like that. Okay, so <laughs> eight hundred bucks. I mean, man. Yeah, it was not a lot, man. And I I had extreme negative net worth. Okay, for sure. How much student debt, if you don't mind saying? Uh, at about forty thousand, which compared to a lot of people isn't that much. I know I pull credit all day long, so it's it, everything is relative. But forty thousand dollars of debt when you've got no income coming in is a lot. That's a lot of, of debt. money. I mean, yeah. I had to make that payment. I mean, how much did you bring in, if you don't mind me asking, when bringing in two deals? How much was that? Oh, jeez, I think I made like thirty thousand dollars or okay. something like that. Gotcha. And at my print job, I was making forty-two. So I was like, well, man, I got close, and I didn't... It you pushed know. you to, yes, let's do it another year. Yeah, it pushed me to, <laughs> let, yes, let's do another year, and then that was really thin. Right. I was like, jeez. You, you, you like know just what? made it over the hump. But it was right at the end of that second year where things, I could feel, I was just getting the momentum, and things hmm. were starting to groove, and things were starting to go. Hmm. And then it was that, yeah, like in the first, I think, 
um, January, February, I closed like five deals or something like that in my third year. And that was a really nice propulsion. And then I made the classic mistake of, oh, I made some money. I can sit <laughs> yeah. back a little bit, <laughs> you know? Huh. And then uh, and then I was like, oh, I, yeah, I don't have that luxury. I got to go back to work. And There's those realtors out there that like they make a little money, go on vacation. Yeah, Come which, back, hey, oh my God, I'm poor. You know, <laughs> Work yeah, a little hard. Absolutely. But go on hey, vacation again. It's all, for me, it's all about the lifestyle you want. Like right. I know a realtor who goes, he works three or four months, makes a little money, goes and surfs for a month, comes huh. back. Makes a little money, goes and surfs for a month. You know, maybe we're all doing it wrong. <laughs> maybe knows? he's doing maybe, it right. Maybe it depends what you want. But yeah, he's I like mean, seventy and looks like he's twenty-four. Yeah, right? yeah. he's just living it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I've never asked this question before. Okay, I'm excited. If you're twenty-four, what advice would you give yourself? As far as I actually, I, if you didn't notice, I already asked that question. Yeah. But Two years, would you tell yourself, hey, it's going to take two years, stick at it, like like put your head down, do the work, yeah. two years, and then you're going to just knock it out of the park? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, knowing that, sure. Right. Yeah. But I was, I mean, I'm super proud of, of that accomplishment, most definitely. <laughs> you know, I, I had set a goal for myself when I was in college to make $100,000 by the time I was 25. Okay. That was a goal I set for myself. And you got in real estate when? I got in real estate when I turned, I was just about to turn 24. When you so got I was your 23. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had a, a little over a year. Yep. <clears throat> and before and my- And you st- brand new career. Brand new career, starting right. new, never done sales in my life. A lot of people get in the business having a sales background and they're much more successful. But if you've never done sales- and it's not really what you're comfortable with, it can be pretty difficult. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and before I was 26, I remember looking back and be like, holy shit, we did it. Nice. You know, and then it was just all from there. It's just been been up. So 25, you're making six figures. Mm-hmm. You check that box. Yeah. That's that was kind of interesting because I was like, okay, now what? Right. You know, and that's when I kind of started to get a little comfortable of like, okay, I made six figures. Like six figures is a pretty good amount of money. Right. But I mean, I've, I've since moved and I'm sure we'll get into that later, but like living in Silicon Valley, making six figures, you're actually, if you're just making a hundred grand, you're considered below the poverty level <laughs> individually. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Right. You know? And so, I mean, I was paying rent like a thousand bucks a month, which is nothing. And, um, thousand bucks a month. Parents? What? No. And you had 800 no, bucks? No, I moved okay. out. Okay. I moved out. You moved as up. Soon as, you yeah, moved out. I moved out. No, as soon as, as soon as I made a little money, bam, I was gone. Gotcha. And um, I actually, my car, my Honda Civic got totaled. Okay. And I was actually really excited for that because okay. I went and took Do my insurance, insurance money check. Okay. and put it for a uh, down payment on a lease on a BMW. Yes, the Sweet. classic BMW yeah. that are all real Came with drive. A, a blazer as well. It sure did, yeah. <laughs> Some um, business cards. <laughs> yeah. But then, man, my confidence was just up and just going and it it made a difference, you know, and I felt like I could park in front mm-hmm. of the house mm-hmm. you know, instead of parking around the corner. <laughs> that helps. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more efficient as far as like appointments yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, you just feel better. Too. Right, right. You know, and, and perceptions of reality is, you know, perception is reality. I think 
there's there's something to be said. I mean, I'm somebody who could care less about my car, but there's something to be said about feeling good about like the way you dress or your car or whatever it is that just makes you feel like I'm the man or yeah. I'm the woman. Yeah. Whatever it is. Look good, feel good, perform good. Yeah. Uh, and you subscribe to that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think you should fake it till you make it? That's a really good question. Because um, I just learned how to Instagram video. What's it called? Story? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drew, 2019 Instagram story. Drew's made first it. one. <laughs> Proud to be part of it. Um, By the way, everybody, cheers. this right here. Cheers. Thank you. You're welcome. So these uh, came by way of David Messer, Drew's Garage, established 2019. Don't forget it. it. I like it. It's fire. Yeah. All right. So just a little plug there. (laughs) All right. So um, we were talking about faking it till you make it. Social media, our generation, it's all about just like showing this like rosy picture. I've got all these cars, all this money Mm -hmm. stacked up. It's... It's 2019. Um, as a realtor, it is a little flashy, right? Could you drive with like a beat up 1980s Volvo and sell $100 million? Could you? Yeah. Absolutely. You think I it's think an uphill so. battle, battle though? Maybe. Okay. But I think it depends on how well established you are. I know there's a guy in my office who is now within you know the company I was at in Tarot. Um, number two, did over... Over a hundred million, and he's driving a Prius. Okay, you know Priuses are cool though because they don't cost a lot, they don't but cost there's a some lot. kind of like yeah. iconic value there. Is there? <laughs> no one said cool Prius, but I mean there's there's something there. It's like he made the choice, right? He yeah, could drive really sure. nice. He could drive a yeah. Hummer, but he he drove a Prius. Yeah, my parents had a Prius. I hated it. Okay, but. Well. <laughs> But, he, but he wasn't driving like a Honda Odyssey. No, no. Like, but I've heard stories. I mean, like you hear, like Warren Buffett drives a Camry. Right. Right. I mean, you hear stories about all these individuals who are very wealthy and and drive everyday cars. Right. You know. And to me, real wealth is not having to flash it. Some people just enjoy the finer things, and hey, that's fine. Right. Absolutely. I'm, I am one of them. I don't go over the top, but yeah, I like nice things. Gotcha. Absolutely. And sometimes it's what know, is it though. What is what? what? What nice things? Do you like nice cars? I like nice cars. I spent way too much money on cars in my okay. life. Okay. Do you um, like nice houses? I like nice houses. Nice I like wine? Nice nice food? Nice vacations? Nice vacations? Nice hotels? Nice, hotels. nice linens? Yeah. yeah, sure. Nice <laughs> linens, high thread count. Okay. You yeah. like it all. Yeah, I like it all. Okay. I mean, so like I grew up not having a lot. Really? Right? Yeah. Okay. So... Um, my parents got divorced when I was five. My brother was three. Um, and it was super turbulent, you know, <laughs> and going through that. And um, just growing up, I didn't have a lot of money. You know, sometimes I had to help my parents out with various things. I remember, you know, living in one place with my mom and walking downstairs and finding like this box with powder in it and a little straw and going and showing her. And like, I had no idea what it was. You know, yeah. and it was like, yeah, and it was not a good That's where place. Was going. Pretty, <laughs> well, it wasn't hers, but it was like out on the. Oh no, it wasn't hers. Yeah, but it was like out just in the front yard, and it was like, 
That's know, that's kind of the, as a kid, I think I was like eight or nine or something like wow. that, you know. And I you didn't think it was like a toy or what is it? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, I just knew this like this green box. I still remember it and found it and went and brought it to her, and she's right. like, "Okay." Yeah. And we moved pretty quickly after that, but it gotcha. was like you know, I think within within five or six years, we lived in about seven or eight houses. Wow. Yeah, okay. with my mom. Is that the my dad love was or the hate the of the, spot. the house? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's an impressionable life. I mean, that's that's like you kind of realizing, okay, it's not all just like Disney. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, and I remember going to school and everybody's like, you have the perfect life. Really? And I was like, you don't know the half of it. Why would why Because I was just, my personality is to get along with everybody and um, avoid conflict. And that's just kind of who I am or was naturally. And so I put on a bit of happy. I mean, life was, my parents are great. They're right. really good people. They're very loving. Um, we just didn't have a lot. Right. Um, but. I mean, from what people saw, I get perceptions, reality. Sure. Right. People saw everything was was roses. Right. You know, but they had well, no there's idea. a lot to be said about you know love and oh, like care and, and time spent with way. with kids. Yeah. But there's this like this little. I had a similar background, and it's like there's this like little thing. You're like, I don't have that new bike, and Christmas wasn't that exciting. And you yeah, know, you're like, we didn't go on a <laughs> I still don't believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, you're like, we don't go on vacations. We go camping once a year and it sucks. You know, it's like, it's, we don't live like, and, and yeah. as you get older, you start like looking back and going, damn, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before it was like, we just pick up sticks and play with those. But we now you care. We played outside all the time, you know, scooter, skateboards. I mean, we always had enough. Right. You know, you weren't going hungry. No. Not no, normal. We weren't going hungry. Right. No, but it was, um, you know, it, yeah, we couldn't take all the crazy vacations and do all that stuff. We didn't, that wasn't us. I remember uh, going to the flea market and uh, going to, there was like this giant tent. My wife laughs hysterically when I tell the story. Uh, there's a tent and you go into this giant like circus tent and you pick dented cans mm-hmm. that were like way cheap. Okay. And then it, it, even cheaper were the unlabeled ones. Like the, the, the label would fall off. And then it's like Just a mystery. Like, you, like, I don't know what it is. Like, what are we having for dinner? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, watercress nuts. <laughs> Whatever, right? So um, for me, that was like my upbringing. And I, like flea markets really? and garage sales, that's uh, thrift stores, all that, right? I never knew that. Yeah. And... For me, it really gave me a great appreciation for money. Totally. Um, and things. And also the fact that I, like you, I had a fantastic upbringing. Yeah. Like, I don't hate one bit of it. Yeah, there was times where I was made fun of for the clothes that I was wearing. Sure. Or the fact that, like, we couldn't go do things that other families were doing. And I'd ask questions as a, as a naive kid. Like, hey... How come yeah, we're not doing, doing this? And we're going we're on these. Us. These guys are going on these snow trips, and yeah. you know we throw paper at each other. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> so I think that there is something about that um, that kind of 
somehow imprints on you. Yeah, and I think it gives you this internal drive to want to do more. At least it did for me. It sounds like it did for you. Definitely for me. You know, I mean, and that's why like, and I was very fortunate as I kind of went through college and I joined a fraternity and um, this was like a super important and I think a turning point in my life. I went to this, don't laugh, a leadership conference in Cabo. Nice. Um, that was hosted by my fraternity. Okay. One of the alumni owned. Leading like, and drinking and, and partying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it was really serious. Like during the day, it was like you were expected to be here and you're going to listen. Gotcha. Right? Um, but yeah, some alumni owned like a hotel and something like that. So he put huh. it, he, all you got to do is pay for your flight. You go down there. Okay. Um, and I didn't have a lot of money. So I was for my chapter was in charge of organizing everybody. And part of the benefit for me was that. I got to go for free. Huh. If I brought enough people and that's how I got enough people, I got to go for free. There's your first sales. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but went down there and I had this moment, this one guy, is, his name was Coach Natty, um, was talking. He came from... Was Coach his first name or his last name? He was like he was like a sports agent. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Um, he had played football and all this, but he was talking and... His big message was like, you can really do anything. If you work at it and you grind and you hustle and you just make it your passion and you go all in, you can have it and you are limitless. And I remember like, I mean, he was one of the best speakers I've ever seen. And I had to leave the room because I was starting to cry. And I went into a bathroom at the resort and was just bawling because I felt like this massive you know we're recording right now right? i know i know it's a super yeah um but it was just like this massive release huh. and like a lift of weight that i don't know i had like, like someone just, said like you can do it yeah you are worthy right. yeah you, you have worthy. permission yeah Go you succeed. can do this huh. absolutely and i just i remember it was such an intense moment my friends are knocking on the door are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine and uh <laughs> Man, I will never, ever forget it. And on the plane ride home is when I started setting goals and, and doing all that. Hmm. And was one of those goals? One of those goals to make $100,000 by the time I was 25. Because one of the speakers <laughs> um, who was there said, you know, he had set that goal. I'm like, I'm going to do that too. Hmm. Right? Another one was to own my first house by the time I was 28, get married by I was 30, have my first kid by 32, own a Porsche by 35, and have giant season tickets before the age of 40. Damn. And after 40, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're but, done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so far, I mean, I we could... You're engaged right now. I'm engaged, yeah. I'm 29. Okay. So When's our, your birthday? September 9th. And our, our wedding's October 11th, so I will be 30 Okay. when I get married. Yeah, all right. Um, Fiance's really pushing for kids, so okay. I don't know if I'll be 32, but I'll be pretty dang close, uh, which is totally fine. I, I'm, I'm excited for when that time comes, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the power of intentions, this is a total transition, but the power of intention is massive, <laughs> especially when you write things what, down. What does intention mean? Like, power of intentions, what do you mean? So it's it's setting for yourself, like, either a, a goal or I am going to embody this or I am going to be this, um, and just saying like making a declaration of this is what i'm going to do by x time <laughs> and you don't even have to look at it again like i don't even know where that piece of paper is where i wrote all that stuff down but i remember it <laughs> and 
I never looked at it again, but it's... Was it because it was such an impactful thing? I mean, if you, write, if you write something down every day, sure. that doesn't... No, it, it was definitely something that like, was like... you have to really be intentional about yeah, it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was something that kind of was burned into my brain. And yeah. I remembered it because those are all huge life things, right? Right. Money, marriage, kids. And then from after that, it's all fun stuff. I love Porsches. Right? I love the San Francisco Giants. Now that I moved, I don't know if it makes sense for me to be a season ticket holder. So Rivercats. Just that. Rivercats right there, yeah. AAA. Um, yeah, which could be a lot of fun. Oh, and another one I just remembered is that I would have a good friend within the Giants organization. Okay. I forget. I think I said by 38 or something like that. Do you have this piece of paper somewhere? I don't know where it is. No, I, okay. wish, I, I wish I did. <laughs> but it's just ingrained. Yeah. It was that impactful. It was so impactful. I remember being huh. on the airplane and writing it all down. Yeah. I remember in high school, uh, I wrestled. I know that's like super lame, but I wrestled it's in high lame. school. I think it's badass. And uh, I'm a has-been, so I talk about high school fucking sports. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember I, uh, I was really into it. I loved it. It was really great. And um, for me, at, at this uh, camp that I went to at the end of it, um, there was an Olympic athlete who ran the whole thing, and he said, uh, "Write down, you know, your goal and put it in this envelope. Give it to me, and I'll mail it back to you." And I remember doing that, cool, yeah. and I, I gave it to him, and uh, he was going to mail it back by whatever date you had on there. Yeah. And this was—I might have been a freshman in high school, and it was my senior year—is the date that I put on there, and I forgot about it. Yeah. And I remember getting that envelope back and being like, holy shit. Like, I knew exactly was what was in it as yeah. soon as I saw it. Um, and I had accomplished it by my senior year. How'd and you it, really? Yeah, it was so cool. That's one of my absolute favorite exercises I do at the end of every single year. And we did this when we went on our trip in okay. Tahoe. It's like a, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, God, what's it called? Uh, like, not a premonition letter, a... Um, that letter that we wrote? Prophecy. Prophecy. Thank yeah. you. Prophecy is the word. A prophecy letter um, where you write. So it's it was the end of 2019. We wrote a letter like it was the end of 2019 right? and everything that had happened. And every single time I've done that, it's amazing <laughs> how much of that comes true. And you, I mean, you just... And that was intentions, like setting those intentions? Yeah. And like, this is what I'm going to accomplish this year. And this is what I'm going to get clarity on this year. And this is how this relationship is going to go. And... I'm going to crush it in the gym this year and weigh this much and feel this strong or whatever it is that right. matters to you. So I got to admit when like, like when you were telling me about the prophecy thing, like I'm just, I'm just so jaded in life. I know it's hilarious to me. <laughs> I'm like, bullshit yeah and like yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I think it's complete BS. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I'm just so probably just a horrible human being. But that's what I feel <laughs> mostly. But I get it, yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like we're like the exact opposites in that way. Like you're like, yeah. yes, let's yeah. do this. I'm yeah. all for it. And I'm, I'm like, positive no. affirmation, your negative <laughs> visualization. Yeah, we are for oh. sure. <laughs> okay, so every morning I think about all the horrible things that could happen in a day. Okay. I literally do that. Yeah. And you know this. I do, yeah. Um, and you think about all the wonderful things that can happen in life. More or less. Okay. Yeah. What I, do you think I about? affirm to myself different things. Really? Yeah. 
Because I literally go through my family every morning before I get out of bed, and I think about them dying. And that sounds horrible. It does sound horrible, but... It makes me feel like, okay, today's the day. Like, I got to just seize it. I got to spend yeah. the, the time and, and be with the people that I love. And when you first brought that idea up, I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> right, because I was all about affirmations. I, I gotta print it out. I read them in the Dude, mirror. Dude, I look at affirmations and, and I just want to barf. <laughs> it's so funny. But when you brought this whole idea up of uh, negative visualization, it's like kind of a stoicism type thing, right? Right. Um, I was like, Good God, this goes against everything that I'm like for, <laughs> you know. But when I like, I was like, okay, I, open mind, let's give it a shot, right? right? And it is. It totally is. Like once you look at like, okay, what if I take away the things that matter to me? Right. Right then, it's like, oh my god! Right, it's, it's an old gone. saying of like, you don't know what you actually yeah till you, like till it's gone till it's gone. Right. Yeah, and when you when you picture it gone, you feel it, man. Right. You feel it hard. Right, right. And then as soon as you come back to to reality, it's like, dang, like you said, like I gotta go all in on this. Right, right, to make it worth it because tomorrow's not promised. That's for damn sure, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, so it's funny sometimes when I'm feeling So are like, you, but are you like affirmations or are you? I am more affirmations okay. for sure. But there are times I think when, there's like two camps, right? I think so. But I mean, but there are times when I'm, I'm feeling like, I don't know, like, I don't know if there's like a question in my head about it and I'm like, you know what? Okay, let's flip this. Let's make it negative. Now, how do I feel? Oh, gotcha. okay, this does matter. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't it's matter It's almost like so a litmus test or something. Kind of. Okay. That's how I, I use like it. it. I yeah. like it. For me, affirmations, even gratitude journals, like they just don't work. Yeah. At the end of the day, I have a journal full of things I should be thankful for, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm as much thankful as I was before I wrote that thing, and it was just wasted half hour every day. Uh, thinking about losing it all, that gets me going. Yeah. Um, all right, so speaking of losing it all, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You had this amazing career in Santa Clara. <laughs> I know where this is going. Yes. County. Yes. Um, you still do, I'm sure. Uh, but you you met a wonderful human being, okay. and uh, she seems to make you very happy. She does. Um, and you followed her to Roseville. Sacramento. Yes. To just like start over? Do you just like pain and suffering or what? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that was a tough decision um in some ways business wise extremely tough relationship right. personal wise very easy okay. because just the feelings i have for this girl it was doesn't hurt me at all yeah i know i know <laughs> i'm sorry um but it was it was easy to go f- because of her and that's where all her family was and there are many reasons how i justified it otherwise but if i'm being completely honest i would have never left if mm-hmm. i hadn't met somebody who was worth leaving for Hmm. right um business wise yeah man it was hard okay you know i had gotten up to i mean before i left i was on pace to do about 36 million damn in sales damn okay that's that's big time it's big time i never even come close to that i think the best i had done was like almost 18 million and i was gonna double it yeah you know and by the end of the first quarter i had sold nine houses closed on and by the end of the second quarter I had closed on 17 and we moved in May so in the middle of the second quarter wow and I was just on freaking fire so it was 
It was not easy to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, in some ways, kind of at the top. Yeah. You just kind of okay. I, you're not like just turning in your chips, right. but in some in ways, way, kind of are. Yeah. I mean, like yes, I could market here, and yes, I could try to do things here, but I'm not here. Right. Right. Um, here is in Drew's garage. Here is in Drew's yes. garage okay. in Silicon Valley. Yeah. No, uh, the way I envisioned it was okay. This is a test of how good are you really? Mm-hmm. Did you just get lucky, <laughs> or are you really that good? So now go to a new place where you know nobody. Right. And by the way, your fiance is also in real estate. Right. So her whole network is hers. Right. Where you know nobody, and make it happen again and build it up again. And Damn. so for me, I kind of took it as a challenge of like, hey, let's go. Let's see how good you really are. See, I thought I was messed up in that. <laughs> I mean, that just seems like an exercise in just a lot of effing work. It is a lot of effing work. And that's been the hardest part, you know, of like, I was working hard here, no doubt. But it was right. like... To close out many deals, even if yeah. you're an incumbent and you've been in the industry yeah. for 30 years, that that takes work. That's, you're not mailing it in. No. Not so you, now you're just like, okay, done with that one. Yep. Going to Roseville. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's been tough. You know, I got used to a certain amount of work and being able to rely on, I mean, I was on team here, um, had an amazing mentor there. I, I'm so eternally grateful for him for everything that he's done for me and taught taught me. Um, but yeah, man, left and um, it's been it's been tough, you know <laughs> for sure. And and on top of it all, it's a changing market. Yeah, you know the market that we're, we're I left in May, which is when the market peaked. May of 2018. May of 2018 okay. is when we moved. We closed on our house May 4th, I think. Um, and that's when the market started changing. Right. You know, and it hasn't been like a dramatic change, but it's been noticeable. Everybody totally. knows it um, and feels it. So it's been, it's definitely been a challenge. I mean, I've closed business up there and it's been okay. And, you know, we're doing okay. Um, but it's definitely not, I mean, here my average price point was like 1.3 or something yeah. like that, you know, and right. up there. It's, Selling condos and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You sell a condo for 1.2, 1.3 million. Um, yeah, but up there, man, I, the average price points around four, four fifty. Wow. You know, and it's a completely different world. You got people that can actually buy homes with FHA financing or VA financing or zero percent right. down, and they're or, not making six figures. And they're not making right. six figures, and it's it's totally like here. If you brought an FHA loan to the table, most of the time you get laughed out the door. Nobody takes you seriously. Like, thanks for playing. See you later. <laughs> Right, that was. I mean, right. that's the market we were in. That's that's the way it was. Even if you brought twenty percent down, it was like mm, that's not enough. Joe over here has fifty percent down, and guess what? They waived all their contingencies, and they're right. going to close in seven yeah. days. And yeah, all cash. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's been a completely different world up there, and there's a lot of nuances up there that are different than here that I've had to learn. <laughs> on top of learning new, learning a new geography and kind of culture and landscape all that right okay so you're self-employed you are unemployed every single day when you wake up yes (laughs) (laughs) uh and you know you like 
pain and misery. So I apparently guess. you moved apparently and, and just started over when you were doing just great here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, tell me about that move. I mean, how was that? It's hard. Okay. It was really hard. I mean, why? I mean, hard as in like it was hard because you had to pack a bunch of boxes and like ship them over. Yeah, moving sucks, right? Yeah. But it was hard because for me, change is difficult. Okay. And I was going to a place where I didn't know anybody. Right. And was going to have to, A, start over with friendships and start over with business. Right. <clears throat> you know, so it was a lot of new hmm. all at once. Like brand new life. Like you're like brand new. Blank canvas. Yep. Bought new a house area, up there. New house. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of new relationship, at least new in the yeah. sen- sense of just kind of level that it was at. Right. And then also, brand new industry. Yeah. Uh, there. Right. Um, so, I mean, good gravy. You're in a business <laughs> of being, like, knowing people, yeah. right? Like getting in front of people. Yeah. That was your advice as a, yeah. a 24-year-old. So Last year, you know, 10 deals came from my database, my network. Gotcha. And was that San Jose or was that? Mostly San Jose. So, Sacramento, what's your database? It's being built. It's okay. people you're, that you're are starting neat. from the ground I'm up. Starting from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> starting from nothing. Gotcha. Absolutely nothing. You know, there's a few people from like high school or something like that 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 have moved up there before gotcha. me, and they're they're scattered about. And I've met up with them, and but they already own houses, right? You and know? you don't have that core kind of like. No, thing. you don't have the core, and you don't have like. On top of that, you don't know the geography, you don't know the area, you don't know all the subtleties of each little different neighborhood where it's here. Right. I go down one street, I'm like, yep, I know that I know all about this neighborhood mm-hmm. and three blocks over, you don't want to be there. Right. Right? Whereas there Right. Like, it looks okay. I mean, it looks fine. Yeah. The yard looks nice. Right. You know. So in real estate, like you gotta know people, mm-hmm. right? You know a hundred people, maybe one of them wanna sell, right? Mm-hmm. How do you get to know people in a brand new city? That's been the biggest challenge. Um, and what I did is right before I moved, I hired a real estate coach. Okay. Um, because I knew I was going to be making a transition and I knew I was going to need help and um, some guidance. What is a real estate coach? Real estate coach, somebody who helps you. And I mean, my coach, I, I feel is really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, he helps me business, sales, marketing. He's huge on marketing. Um and then he also helps me personally. You know, like okay. a lot of my coaching calls when I first moved were all about my mentality. Right. A lot of it was and just kind of how I was feeling. Because like I said, change for me was difficult. It was hard. Right. Um, so it was hard for me to get motivated and get going. And I kind of felt like I was brand new again. Right. You know, I started Did you lose that, some of that confidence? Yeah. Huh. I, like a lot of self-doubt started creeping in. And I, hmm. you know, I constantly have to remind myself of, hey, man, like... Yes, you're in a different location, but you could you just competed in one of the most difficult markets in the entire country right. and did very well. You hmm. know, so I have to constantly remind myself of that. Right. But now it's yeah, I just I don't have that database to rely on. Almost half my deals last year came from referrals and database. Right. And I have to build your, all that your up database again. Database is brand new. It's brand new. So how do you get how do you build your database? It's getting in front of people. Okay. The exact same. Yellow book? <laughs> yeah. <right>. Cold <laughs> call. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's... I mean, you go, like, are there apps for that? Like, what do you do? It's getting in front of people, like I said. Like, if I was giving myself advice from when I, when I was 24 and just right. starting, get in front of people. 
I it's, just moved here mm-hmm. to San Jose. I know nobody, and I want to get in real estate. Yep. What the hell do I do? Go to open houses. Go on meetup.com. See what different various meetups there are in the area. Okay. There's tons of like Not just real estate. Like just like anything? Yeah, whatever. I mean, like, whatever I'm into you're, Pokemon. Yeah, go to you love Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. Go to a Pokemon <laughs> okay. Whatever you're into, just go meet people. Right? <laughs> and I, I joined a softball team and... Uh, I go spend a lot of time at a coffee shop and uh, made a few connections there. Um, just different things and, and doing open houses. And I'm I'm going to get into cold calling now because mm-hmm. our market's changing and that's going to be something that I think is going to be a big opportunity. Um, so, but yeah, man, it's kind of having to reinvent myself <laughs> and going out and finding all these people. You know, what's kind of cool about that is you can kind of like not only build your business, but like, you know, some of my high school friends were just people that happened to live down the street from me, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and for you, like, you're, you've got a blank canvas, yeah, right? So you can purposely be like, you know what? I don't like that person, but That's I do true. like this person. <laughs> That's true. And it's not like, hey, yeah. well, we have this big history, so yeah. I guess I'll be friends Exactly. With I don't have to pay attention to any history <laughs> at all. You just build it from the ground. Yeah, exactly. That's and it's true. really effing hard. I love, yeah, yes, and it's really <laughs> effing hard. But you're right. I mean, I get to totally create it. I get to create my new environment. I get to create my new world. So in that sense, it's pretty cool. What kind of new ideas, what kind of new perspectives have you gotten from moving out of this place that you basically were born and raised in? Um, it's tough to put a value on hard work. Okay. What does you know, that mean? In terms of like, uh, I was working hard here, but up there, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I understood fully what hard work was hmm. when I was here. Like I worked hard. Um, but up there, man, it is different. Right. It is much different in terms, like, again, I don't know anybody. So I got to work my ass off. Just to meet people. Just to Before meet people. Before you can even get to the sales conversation, yeah. you just have to be like, hey, I'm I'm David. And yeah. Do you want to be friends? Yeah. Or do you want to even talk? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It is. It's, it's, it's a tough thing. So, um, yeah. Huh. All right. So. Um, let's talk about you and your new, uh, idea of getting married. Yes. So, uh, she's in the real estate industry. She is. Okay. And, uh, you guys have known each other for at least enough time to decide you want to get married. Yep. Uh, and you moved to a new place Mm -hmm. and you guys are going to kind of start this new venture called marriage. Yeah. Tile Um, not. (laughs) How does that all fit in this like big new thing called life well i think it fits because it's a big new thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know it just kind of seems to be the theme of 2018 coming into 2019 is just newness right you know so it's it's a new challenge and something i'm really excited about um but what i really value about our relationship is um and something that we first connected on i think what really bonded us and brought us together is that um we both went to the same counselor like relationship counselor. Okay. Um, not at the same time, separate, completely separate for our own. No, she introduced me to this counselor. Oh, okay. um, so we have a lot of the same groundwork. We have a lot of the same foundation hmm. um, that we operate from and kind of a way of understanding personality types and how we handle conflict and how we communicate and things like that, which I think are super, super important, um, especially to a strong relationship. And although... 
my relationship is, I mean, I was, my past relationship was four years and that, that ended. Right. Right. And this one's not even two years in yet and we're engaged. We're going to get married, um, probably by about the two year mark. (laughs) And for me, that's kind of crazy. Right. But at the same time, because we have that foundation and just a way of understanding each other and respecting each other, um, you feel like you've got. I feel further? super confident. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's it's unlike any other relationship I've ever had, and that makes me feel super super secure in it. It's almost like in business, right? You could have you could be in the business for thirty years, mm-hmm. and if you don't push yourself and really excel, then you might be repeating that first year thirty times. Yeah, or you could push through those years and continue to push and like every year build off that next year. Right. And now maybe you've only been in the business for two, three years, but you're crushing it. Right. Because you've built off of all your experiences. Yeah. It, it you know, time is, is what you make of it. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because that's actually a really interesting point of applying it to business. So when I moved for me, and this is just getting really raw, is like it showed me that I didn't have enough of the foundation that I needed to build up my own business. I was relying a lot on the team and hmm. the team's foundations um, to... Because you were a part of a team and now you team. are the team, now the I'm, company, the business, me. the corporation. Yep. yep. And so I, I, I totally took that for granted and I didn't right. even realize the value of having that team and that right. stability right. Um, and that mentorship right. You know when I had it and I feel awful about it but it's only <laughs> something that you realize once you look back right again the negative visualization <laughs> take it away how does it feel yeah. you know um but that's been something that i've i've really learned is is hmm. how important the foundation is because if you have a foundation of sand it's gonna it's gonna crumble right you know and i felt like my foundation wasn't strong enough so right now i'm building up my foundation again so that in two three four five years Right. I have a very, very strong, sustainable business that's repeatable right. that I can scale. And whether it's thick or thin, your business survives. Yep, exactly. That's a big part. Yeah, I'm actually excited for the changing market that's thinning out because there's too nice. many real estate agents. It's going to get nice. rid of a lot of those that aren't willing to work hard. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Dude, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Drew's Garage. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, comment, or do whatever you do best, and I'll see you next time.